Jake, we are here for Wednesday, October 11th show. We've got a lot to cover. We've got a baseball game. Say what? So much. Just so much. So so much to cover. Uh, A baseball game. There are other baseball games. That information will be over on Dub Club for those who are just going to cover one in this show. The Thursday night game. A London Sunday morning game, uh, giving the people some of that. I mean, I, I always think, Jake, I always think that Sunday morning London game is funny because, uh, you know, people like you and me, you know, and I'm going to I'm gonna lump us together in this. I feel like we're the type of people who are like, London standalone game? Yeah, I want some action on that. And yet, we then have to wake up for it and we'd rather be sleeping. I feel like we were kind of conf- – I do that same thing like Hawaii on Saturday. Like, yeah, Hawaii Saturday night standalone game. And it's like – Half time, it's like, why didn't I just go to bed? Like, I, I, sometimes I feel like our, our our personal choices might be questionable. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm lumping you into the category wrongly. No, I feel totally the same way. There's times I've watched a blowout game happen, even though like my bet had already won, and I'm just still there. And then like at the end of the game, I was like, why? Why? Why, did, why am I here? <laughs> but. We have a ton of NFL picks that we love, and so, uh, folks, we're going to give you. A lot of picks. And then in the extended cut, we're going to talk about the rest of the NFL games. We do this uh, with Cousin Jared and College Football. We'll see how it goes here. Uh, we'll give it a whirl, but we do it with college with Cousin Jared every week. Uh, we took last week off because we were kind of changing things around. But every week where we cover every single college football game and you get that exclusively on Dub Club, we're going to do that here for the NFL. There are eight more games that we are going to cover. Uh, we're going to give out an extended cut for free one day to the YouTube people just to give you a little tease of what you're missing. If you're not with us over on dub club, I don't know when that'll be. It might be for this one. It might not be. We'll see what we'll to discuss. Uh, we've got five, a grade NFL picks coming in the extended cut part of the show and a bunch of picks. We like that aren't a grades, but we still think are really good picks, uh, which leads us right into that recap. First off MLB. We had two picks on Tuesday, split them. Uh, one with the Rangers, lost with Twins, playoffs in the MLB, 28% ROI, still pretty strong. Small sample size, it is kind of one of this year, but it's it's looking good uh, in the playoffs. Last week's NFL show, only 4-4, four and four, but for the season, 9% ROI. A-grade sides, we're talking about A-grade sides, 21%, 14-11, 21 ROI. Why is that? Because we like a lot of A-grades at like plus 130, plus 150, plus 180, and these kind of coin-tossy type games we're doing better than 500, getting a lot of plus odds, massive ROI there. And I kind of wanted to point this out on all totals in the NFL, just like I did yesterday with college football, on all totals, uh, if you if you were to bet every total in the NFL, which I, you shouldn't on college because that's just psycho. Like, I mean, if you do, like, honestly, hats off. I'm like, I'm that's that's really, like, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Um, but that's kind of crazy for college, right? For NFL, like, you could do that. And if you were to do that, follow the model, 53.2%, you'd be making money just blindly following this dumb model that I built. It's kind of, it's kind of cool in my opinion to see the fruits of the labor. And it is a lot of labor uh, is all I have to say about it. Uh, yeah, no, the, the run throughout baseball, the, your model has been incredibly helpful for me. Who's like, I know baseball, but not enough to be able to pick all the bets out that like, it's been incredible with the money line prices. Same thing with NFL here. It's been, it's really helped me. Like I would have mentally down on Houston, but, your models loved them, and they've made us quite a bit of money. Let us down last week, but it was still a close game. 
they were right there in it. So there is just ton of value in this. Co covered the spread. If you took the spread, that's like the, yeah. kind of the, 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 you can't we talk about, I love the money line. That's not to say the money line is like going to be the right play every time in the long run. It works out well for us. That one, yeah, had you had the, the plus two and a half with the Texans, you'd have been, you know, you'd, you'd have cashed. Uh, but, you know, we had the money line, so kind of let us down there. But as we talked about last week, we said, I, and I did, I put them in a little bucket. I said, hey, Texans and Jets both are plus odds. I was like, I don't know, like one of them probably wins. They almost both did. And the fact that one of them won, we made money on those pair of bets. So uh, that's, again, the strength of the money lines. But you're right. And Cousin Jared said it really well last night on the extended cut. Uh, talking about one of the picks we we're making there, and 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 he kind of was like, "Well, I don't know about you talking about me," and I was like, "No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I can't figure this stuff out in my head either. The strength of the model is to help us figure out like, is minus one forty a good price? Is minus one seventy a good price? Is plus one thirty a good price? Because I don't know. Like, it's hard to figure that stuff out. And the model helping us figure that out." Uh, has been a real good boost. Again, if you're not with us on Dub Club, that sign up link in the show description. Those A grade sides uh, are, are killing it so far. Having three or four a week, uh, you know, kind of on average five this week right now. Uh, that we will talk about on the uh, the extended cut study hall portion of the show. But without further ado, we'll get right to baseball. Three baseball games here uh, on Wednesday. As the Rangers have swept, so they aren't playing. Dodgers and Diamondbacks will be the late game. Dodgers, you know, losing the first two at home. First off, as a reminder for people, um, baseball's weird. Baseball's weirder than football. Um, our baseball audience tends to shrink a little bit this summer because people aren't as much betting baseball. So you may be watching the show. You may not be doing a lot of baseball betting. Uh, or you may just kind of dabble. You may only bet this time of year or whatever. Remember, people, baseball is very weird. It's high variance. If you wanted to actually determine the best team in baseball, you would play like a best of 37 series or something. You would not be playing best of fives or even best of sevens. Best of sevens better, but it's still not great for determining the best teams. So teams lose twice all the time. Remember the Astros a few weeks ago lost three games at home to the Royals, the games they needed. So like weird stuff happens in baseball. It's a pretty variable sport, right? So I'm not going to make anything of the Dodgers Those are the two games. I'm not going to say that they're now due for a win, that they're going to come back and win. I'm not going to say that they're done. None of those narratives are real. What's real is the players in the field will all be going out there giving their best. And that's what we need to analyze. So we're not going to get lost in the narratives that, that, are, are basically two people looking at a roulette wheel and saying it's been red a bunch of times. That means uh, red's going to keep growing. And the other guy goes, no, 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 black is due. And it's like, no, y'all are both morons, right? That's not, sorry if I offended anyone who's ever done that. That's not the way it works, <laughs> right? And so uh, I, I assume my audience is smart enough to know that. And so we're going to analyze the players in the field. We're not going to get wrapped up in any narratives. The bottom line with this pitching matchup, Lance Lynn and Brandon fought pretty similar pitchers. The model gives them pretty similar grades. ERAs within one one hundredth of a point of each other. FIP in favor of fought. XFIP pretty close. Both of these guys have XFIPs lower than their ERAs by a lot. So I don't think either one of these guys is as bad as their ERA. I think they're both okay pitchers. And that's what the model tells us with this grade. I don't think one's necessarily better than the other. Fought's a young guy, up and coming. I've been impressed with him. I, I, I'm not sure he's quite ready for quote unquote prime time. I'm not sure he's, he's an ace yet, but he's a young guy who's coming up and looking solid. Uh, Lance Lynn has had that in the past. I mean, both these guys could go out there and throw six shutout innings and it wouldn't shock me. Both these guys give up four runs in the first three innings. And it wouldn't shock me. I mean, you, you, you don't really know what you're getting to either one of these pitchers. Dodgers, of course, great offense. Uh, Diamondbacks though, solid themselves. They've been playing really well. 
in Arizona, model says this isn't a coin toss game. The Diamondbacks uh, should be underdogs. The question is by how much. We're going to take a chance with the dog here. Plus 130 C grade pick model says it should be 123. We're getting plus 130. That's a C grade pick. If it were to get to, uh, Jake, believe this, plus 131, it's a B grade. It's another one of those. It happens to us a lot, it seems like, because, again, arbitrary cut points between B and C. I just I program it in, and it, it spits out what it spits out. As you can tell, if plus 130 is a C grade, plus 131 is a B grade, plus 130 is a C plus, 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 right? Uh, pick, almost a B grade pick. If it were to get to plus 142, that would be an A grade price. Uh, again, not a coin toss, but like the Diamondbacks could win this game. Like that wouldn't be the craziest thing. Plus one thirty, why not? Right, Jake? Yeah, no, I I really like this Diamondbacks team. I think I think they're going to take it. Uh, the Dodgers' offense, I think, looks tired. They have mm. carried so much water for this team all year. All, all uh, the starting pitching injuries. I mean, it's been. Yeah. If you're a Dodgers fan, you just have to be like, what? Think about what ifs if you could have kept any pitcher healthy and or out of jail, right? It's just. It's nuts what's happened there. And like right now, Betts hasn't had a hit yet. Freeman's batting 167 playoffs. Like it, there's there's just nothing great happening on this offense. And I know they went through that was the best two pitchers that they that the Diamondbacks have. But uh, in that in the wild card game, Fat started the first one and he did well. Uh, I mean, I know the Brewers' offense, not the Dodgers' offense. Not the Dodgers' offense, no. no. But, I mean, he did well at home, and that was on the road. I think at home he's going to do a lot better. There's not as much pressure on this with a 2-0 lead. He, he can he can kind of go. And there was definitely more pressure out. in the wild card game on the road than this one being up 2-0 at home. I mean, if, if, if pressure matters for him, and, and we don't know, right? But yeah. if it does, not an issue tonight, uh, you know, in this game, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just not as much. I mean, it's still a playoff game and stuff. There's still yeah. gonna be pressure, but it's just not as much. And I, I think the Diamondbacks are really gonna try to take this one too. So, and the way things get managed, it's gonna be a wild one with how much of the bullpen the Dodgers are gonna have to go through mm. again. It's just I, I don't see this going well for them. Um, the, the, it, the Dodgers getting kinda, a combined two innings from Kershaw and Bobby Miller was not something I expected. I mean, those are two really good pitchers that the Diamondbacks just made made them look like college kids. Yeah, and I mean, there's times the Diamondbacks have done this throughout the year. If you've been with us, they've just had stretches where they took off and were great and then just totally disappeared. Like when Gallon would have a bad day, Kelly would yeah. do the same thing. And it was it was just they kind of followed those two guys. Those two guys had a great outing in each of the first two games. And I think this offense is going to keep going. I mean, talk about a guy that doesn't see pressure, feel pressure. That seems to be Corbin Carroll. I mean, mm. rookie stepping up and just – being amazing it's kids real yeah and you know just the last thing to mention here there there is not only is there no statistical evidence for the layoffs mattering um historically when you go back and look at the actual data teams that have had four more rest days um versus teams that have a two or less um have won it was like 80 some odd percent of the games 
So historically speaking, what we're seeing this year and last year is just random variants, which again goes back to what we're talking about. Baseball is more random variants than, than you want to imagine. Anything happens in baseball, if your default answer is random variants, you're probably going to be right nine times out of ten. It's almost like we have to train ourselves to think that first and then eventually be like, oh, there's actually something real happening here. But almost always it's random, especially with baseball. It's just such a random game. It's not like basketball. Basketball is very much, you know, best of seven. Now, college basketball, one game is different, but best of five even in, in, in NBA for the most part, the better team's going to win most of the time, right? It's short series of baseball. It's just a different game. It just operates differently. There's more variance. Uh, weird things happen. There's nothing to this rest thing. What there is a little bit of something to is hitters seeing the ball well. Here's the catch about seeing the ball well. That kind of only translates to the next guy you're seeing sometimes because if the next guy you're seeing is Randy Johnson, you know, and I, I guess I'm aging myself, the pitcher you, you choose in that situation it ages you based off because that's who you were as a kid, I guess, right? Um, you, you know, it, it, you can be seeing the ball well all you want. Then Randy Johnson comes up or, you know, Pedro Martinez and his prime, these guys, and it's a lot tougher of a, of a situation, right? Um, but you just don't know about that predictively. So it's not to say, I mean, the Dunbacks are seeing the ball well, they're hitting the ball well. Do I like that to carry over against a guy like Lynn? Probably that makes sense, right? I'd be a little bit more concerned if it was Kershaw. I know what they did in the first game, but Kershaw's still a good pitcher. Um, you know, I, I, do, are the Dodgers' bats going to stay cold? I mean, a, a guy like Fott's a guy they could hit. He's definitely not as good as those other two guys. So we don't really know those things. So I just don't want to get caught up in those narratives about these things because we just don't really know a lot. What we can say is the Dimebacks' offense is solid. These pitchers are a wash. The game's in Arizona. Who the heck knows? Plus 130 offers us some value. And as we talked about the top, that's kind of what the model does is try to tell us where there's value at prices. I would not be playing the Dimebacks at, you know, plus 120, but plus 130 worth a little bit of investment, depending on where this price goes. And people, the benefit of the secret, look, we're putting less than a full unit on this pick. The Dodgers might take a lot of steam. I don't know. I don't know where the number's going to go. But, but my plan, what I'm doing literally with my own money, what I'd recommend for you to do, put your 0.87 units-ish. It doesn't have to be exactly that. I'm just giving you a, a starting guideline of three-quarters of a unit, the full unit, whatever. And, and see what the number does. Because if this number, if the Dodgers take a lot of steam, this number gets out to plus 140, plus 145, plus 150 even. Now we're adding another quarter unit, another half unit, something like that, because the value just is so much better. The probability the Dunbacks win doesn't change, but the reward has changed. We also about risk reward. The risk is the same no matter what. It's, we, the risk is what it is. The game's going to happen. But the reward changing tells us how heavy we should invest. So Dimebacks plus 130. You can see great now if it goes up, though, worth a little bit more. Which takes us to the main meat part of the show, football. Jake, we got a lot of NFL to cover. I'm going to try not to talk as much and let you talk. I'm going to kind of just try to set the games up. But I, I, I mean, I having the NFL plus premium, watching all the condensed games, I like know so much about the NFL. Um which is which is unusual. Usually I know that much about college. And now I feel like I'm falling behind on college because I'm like, I haven't seen this team play. I'm like, I've seen all the NFL teams play. <laughs> Denver at Kansas City. The first thing to talk about this game is the weather. It's looking nasty. The wind looks like it's going to be 20 miles an hour, gusts around 30 miles an hour, side to side. We talk about weather and the first college football show we talk about told you we're kind of too far away from Saturday to know. We're recording this now on Tuesday night games, Thursday night. We have a little bit better of an idea. We still won't know exactly what that wind direction is going to do. But right now it's looking like it's going to be across, looking like it's going to be wet. The weather's going to be nasty. The model's projecting a lot of points based off the fact that Denver plays fast. Kansas City plays fast. These teams are good on offense and or worse on defense, right? Um, 
don't know if the, how much the weather is going to affect that. So the total for this game is just a big question mark for us. Instead, we're going to take the Chiefs minus 10 and a half. I'd really love 10. 10 would get me much more excited. That's kind of the difference between B and a C grader here is that hook gets us to a C grade. So we're going to risk a little bit less on it because that hook than we would if we can get 10. Bottom line, though, that even though Kelsey is questionable at this point, I mean that in the English sense of the word, I don't know his exact diagnosis. And by the time you watch this, it might change. Uh, but from a, we just don't know about him. Even though that's the case, the she's offense has looked better, looking still strong. Denver's defense still bad. I'd be a little bit more concerned about a Kelsey-less Chiefs team if they were playing a better defense. Denver's one of the worst defenses. There's like three that are at the very, very bottom that are terrible. They're one of them. And I don't know which one's worse. I honestly don't. But I mean, they're one of the worst ones. So that at least alleviates that. Jake, you've done really well with Thursday games. Didn't get the last one. But overall, mostly doing great on the Thursday ones. This is your Thursday night pick. Tell us more. Yeah, um, I love the Chiefs here. There's You need all sorts of time to prepare for Patrick Mahomes. Mm. You're not going to fix – a defense that gave up 31 points to the, to the Jets. Uh, who's, is that bad? Just, to the Jets, is that really bad? bad. So bad. <laughs> You're not going to fix that on a shortened week. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kelsey came back and played with that sprained angle. I don't see him not playing in this one. He, mm. It's probably not the greatest fantasy run for him because mm. they're going to get up big and they're probably going to sit up. There's no reason to make it worse, even though it is a division game, but, I mean, Denver is just so bad on defense. And the only team they've played that's close close to quality as the Chiefs is the Dolphins, and they gave up 70. Yeah. I'm not saying – Also, not is saying that good? Chiefs, <laughs> not saying the Chiefs the – They will give up 70. They won't do that because the weather. The weather is going to yeah. prevent them from doing that here. We know that much. Yeah, it's just uh, – that. but, I mean, it's going to be a very big lead. I think it's going to look a lot like that Kansas City Bears game where – Kansas City gets up and just mm. strangles them out the rest of the game because Pacheco is a great. And then that fourth back. quarter happened, and I feel like I just like slept right through it because it was just like then I just like blinked and it was like oh now it's over like. But you're a big Taylor <laughs> fan. I thought you'd be watching for Taylor. The condensed game doesn't show me that. It just shows the plays, and and they they need to get like a condensed Taylor's version, you know, where it's like we got the plays plus that you know. Yeah, I really don't care about seeing her as much as you know. I enjoy the music. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> but either way, I, the Chiefs. I think it's going to look a lot similar to that. And Pacheco yeah. with his strange running style, but he's very good running back. Works, uh, yeah. He will. He'll end up having a great game. I think because I think they're going to feed him a lot. I think the weather is my only question and concern here. If the weather was better, I would say even without Kelsey, the Chiefs should be able to put up 30 or 40 on this Denver defense. The weather is a big question, but the thing I keep coming back to is two things. Number one, what you said, you need time to prep for this Chiefs offense. And that's one of the things that's helped us do well in the Thursday night football games is we've kind of constantly been banging the drum of everything gets more extreme because you don't have time to prep. You just have to do what you do. And so if you're better on offense or better on defense, it just gets more extreme of that because that's all you can do is just do what you do. You can't try to add wrinkles to solve your shortcomings and or fix what they're going to exploit. And that's the thing. There's not going to have time. So that's where you're expecting kids to score more points. The other thing is if the weather is crazy, not to say that Russell Wilson can't handle the crazy weather because he obviously played in a lot of rain uh, in Seattle 
it, it, it's just more this Chiefs offense. Uh, I think with Mahomes, I just trust to deal with the weather a little bit more. Russell Wilson's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. His weapons aren't as good. Um, he, even, you know, if they don't have Kelsey, I still, I just don't think there's a lot of, there's a lot of weapons on Denver, uh, especially the running back, uh, their number one running back out and, and the, the rookie of McLaughlin or whatever his name is, whatever has the McLaurin. I don't know what his name is. Uh, has done, has done fairly well, but it's just, it's not like there's the greatest set of skill guys. And so if somebody's going to deal with the weather, it's like, I just trust Patrick Mahomes in the crazy weather. Um, so again, even if, even if the weather was good, if the Jets could score 31, the Chiefs should be able to do something in, in terrible weather. So it's kind of the, the thing that I keep coming back to. So again, 10 and a half here, C grade pick 10 is a little more exciting, more like a B grade, but that's not the number we have right now. So we're going to still have the 10 and a half though. C grade value going to get a little bit of coin here on Thursday night to start us off, taking us into Sunday morning, third week in a row of a London game. Uh, I really thought the Jags were just going to stay over there. It's like, that's like their team, but here we are, Baltimore, Tennessee. Uh, Jake, uh, my analysis was, uh, I have no idea. Baltimore is confusing. Um, I don't know what the heck that was last weekend. <laughs> Why couldn't Tennessee do the same thing? Uh, Tennessee's probably better than Pittsburgh. Are they that good? No, I've got them at 15. I mean, they're just kind of middle of the pack. Their offense is meh. I think their defense is decent, but uh, Baltimore's a better team. Uh, but you're going to London and I mean, just who the heck knows, right? So I think the Ravens should be favored, but plus 180 is worth a flyer for sure. There's really big plus odds for weird things happen in London. Nobody thought the Bills would lose um, in, in London, and, and I know that the Jags did have a little bit of an advantage if they'd been there all week. I'm not saying that wasn't real, and I tried to account for that as best I could in a model of we don't really have data on that, but either way, the Bills are still a really good team, and no one saw that coming, so you just never know when these weird overseas games Plus 180 is worth the flyer, in my opinion, even though the Ravens are the better team. Yeah, no, I, I love the Titans here with the plus 180 because I, I think it's going to pay out because London is just strange. Uh, the natural grass seems to mess with, like, be a little weird sometimes and take a little more speed out of the game, which that's what Baltimore's kind of built on with uh, Lamar Jackson being able to mm -hmm. run. Uh, the receivers or they really have one receiver and – Zay Flowers and the rest of them attempt to play uh, receiver, but it's, so it, he's not really getting much help. Mark Andrews has kind of had a little bit of a down year, mm. it seems like, and the running backs haven't really helped Lamar out, and he's also been loose with the football. I think t the Titans' defense yeah. will travel here and will be a big reason they're in it, and they also have just a power run game with Derrick Henry they can do that builds off into play action. I don't, I don't think the conditions over there will bother them as much as it will Baltimore. I know I know both are coming off losses here, like real close losses. Uh, but I just the bit the what I've seen of Baltimore makes me scared that they're not that they might be on a bad team this year, and that's weird to say. Like it, it doesn't feel right, but. I mean, their wins come against the chart, uh, the Texans and Bengals and Browns, but the Browns were down to a second string uh, quarterback. Texans, that was the first game, and then the Bengals. The, the Bengals, Burrow, maybe Burrow's yeah. a little bit back after, yeah. you know, played better last week, but his first several games were terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sold on them. Uh, 
their offense was – I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is decent. That's I would good, think yeah. the Titans is better, and they, they held them to 10 points. I just don't, I don't see the Baltimore being able to score enough to beat Tennessee. That was what was confusing about last week is it just felt like they should have done more against Pittsburgh. And there was a little bit of wind, but the, the, the weather was nice. It was a little bit windy. But if any offense is going to withstand the wind – Probably number one, I'd say Chicago because Fields is like 50 50 on if he can pass that thing anyway. But like, once you get past Justin Fields, like the Ravens should have been able to handle that from a what Lamar can do and and Lamar can extend the plays. And so he, he can create more situations where receivers get wide open because he can buy time. At that point, the wind doesn't really matter because you don't have to hit your throw perfectly because the guy's wide open. He can do that, obviously, as well as anybody in the league. Um, so it was just weird, real confusing. Baltimore kind of just struggling last week. And uh, Model still believes in them. But, uh, you know, again, to be favored by this much is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, again, Tennessee has a 41% chance of winning. So we're going to take them at plus 180. It's a B grade pick. Jake, uh, you talked about natural grass. Uh, I, I Googled it because I didn't know the answer to this. Uh, 14 stadiums have natural gas in the NFL. Uh, but a little bit of trivia for you. There are um, how th- there are there are thirty stadiums in, in the NFL because two are shared. Uh, how many have artificial turf? If there are fourteen with grass and there are thirty stadiums, how many have artificial turf? This feels like a trap. It is. It's says, such a easy math says sixteen, but <laughs> easy math says sixteen. I know the Titans is weird because it's like coconut hair and stuff i don't know coconut, <laughs> coconut hair yeah, there's just uh, stringies that come off the coconut gel thing they got bermuda grass is what the titans have apparently there are two that use hybrid um lambo and lincoln financial for uh the eagles use hybrid grass sports as a mix of artificial fibers and natural grass i had no idea that there was a hybrid but apparently two teams do so i'm sure the people out there knew this but these are things you learn uh when you decide to do an nfl show uh, not that it necessarily really matters to the betting aspect of it but i thought that was interesting uh moving away from london back home washington and atlanta jake washington to me Seems like a team that is just going to play whatever style of football you want. If you're going fast, they're going to go fast. If you're going slow, they're going to go slow. If you have a bad defense, they're going to score points. If you have a, a, you know, a bad offense, it's going to be lower scoring. It just seems like they're kind of going with teams. I, I'm not sure that's 100%, but that's the perception that I've gotten off of, off of Washington here. Atlanta is just grinding everybody down. They play slow. Uh, remember pace is again, I'm calling it pace explosion. It's partially pace, but it's partially um, really just a kind of expected points per game metric based off of how you are. And so it's not just how fast you play, but it's, can you score quickly? You know, you think got a team like the Dolphins, you feel like you'd score at any point in the field and Atlanta, you're like, are they inside the five? Cause otherwise uh, maybe Bijan can break one, but he hasn't done that a ton. Otherwise it just can't score from anywhere and i know they've, they've had a touchdown pass longer so if you're a falcons fan i'm sorry i'm not trying to insult your team it's just they are just a grinded out team and that's kind of the stuff it's what they knew going in they were going to run the ball a lot they were going to get the ball to Bijan in the flat ritter wasn't going to really stretch the team they were going to rely on their defense you know the big question obviously is can ritter be good enough uh to get them enough wins and so far the answer has mostly been 
mostly no, I think, uh, although he's done well at home and this is a home game. We're not actually concerned about if they win or not. We're concerned about Atlanta doing to Washington just what they did to Houston, which is just grind the game down, play great defense and force field goals, struggle in the red zone themselves. A lot of slowness, no explosive plays, a lot of field goals going under 42 models is 35.8. Jake, why do you like this under? Because just like you said, Atlanta just grinds teams down and they've got the running backs to do it between Bijan and Algier. Their quarterback can't really stretch the field that much. The receivers aren't speed guys anyway that you're worried about burning you. Um, It's set up well for them to just make this as low scoring game as possible and absolutely beat you up. Uh, and that's what their defense. Their defense is tough. Their offense is tough. Washington, I'm, I'm worried for Sam Howell. I'm a fit. I mean, it is. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the next few years. Nothing superstar or anything, but I think he'll be very good. Uh, but he's on pace to like just shatter the sack record, and it's mm. not even. It's not even going to be fair. Uh, and with the way Atlanta's defense is. Uh, he may have a good yardage game, but it's going to be because it's going to be second and 25 that he's having to battle out of. Uh, they're not, I don't think they're going to get anywhere. The run game kind of disappears at time. I mean, Brian Robinson's good. Uh, I can't remember the the Antonio Gibson. They're both solid, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't seem like the line does enough for them. They're having to work too hard and they're not special enough to break through two guys in the backfield and then still gain four or five yards. Uh, I just, I think Washington's going to have a very, very tough scoring game. And I think Atlanta, Atlanta probably actually, I, I wouldn't lean Atlanta to win this just because Desmond Ritter is at home. And yeah. that's about the only, <laughs> only reason because I think these teams are very even. I think it's a very slow, boring game, not showing up on your red zone very often. And that's exactly what we want here. Yeah, we, yeah, we want to I, I keep red zone up. We don't want to really see this game at all other than the dude coming in and being like, hey, and here's another field goal attempt. Yeah, that's, that's really all we want to be seeing. Uh, I, I think if you're concerned about this pick, you're concerned because the, the commanders gave up 40 points to the Bears on Thursday. That was weird, and I totally understand that. Uh, you know, every game, every game isn't going to make sense. You know, when you look at it, they, they got three on the Bills. And honestly, this the Bills defense is pretty solid. The Falcons defense is pretty solid. They're not that different. I'm not saying they only get three on the Falcons, but that that seems a little bit more likely. That, you know, the Bears defense is weaker. They got 20, but the Bears defense isn't good. If they only got 20 off the Bears, like how many are they going to get off the Falcons? Uh, they put up they, they put up 35 against the Broncos in a game they got the 68 points. That was the Broncos again. They kind of played a different game with them that that first game of the season. They played a game against the Cardinals that had 36 points, and that's more what we're expecting here. So I know that last game is like you can't get it out of your mind because it was a primetime game, um, you know. So all the eyes were on, and or if nothing else, stand alone, and you were looking up for fantasy, all those other fun things, right? But um, that was kind of a weird game. I, I think that says more about Chicago. Chicago's bad defense. Chicago's offense that's just kind of all over the place. Like maybe Chicago's offense is starting to get it going. We, we thought. They'd be better than they were than they started the season. Um, you know, I don't know. That's just a different situation. Atlanta just struggles on offense. And Washington can struggle on offense against teams with defenses like Atlanta's. So it just seems like there's gonna be a lot of defensive edges and no real urgency in this game. There's gonna be a lot of hurry up, not a lot of explosive down the field type plays. Uh, if you're trying to keep Sam Hell upright, 
you know, play faking it and going 50 yards downfield isn't really the recipe for that success. So <laughs> that keeping it shorter on the throws for both quarterbacks going to help us out under 42, um, 42 quasi key. Yeah, it could happen, especially, you know, teams going for two now, especially, you know, penalty happens are going for two. Uh, so 42 is a little more key than it was five years ago. Right. But, or, or however many years ago they changed the extra point. I guess it's more than that by now. Uh, 41 is really your more key number, but uh, under 42 is nice. That push protection, if it gets a little bit weirder like that, but as long as you're going under 41 and a half, uh, you're pretty, it's hard to see getting much beyond uh, 41. It, it, not impossible, of course. Anything can happen in sports, but it's going to take some special teams, defensive type plays, you know, short fields, that sort of stuff. And, or just one of those weird games has no field goals. And that's how an under loses is there's just never a field goal. Right. And, and that could happen. But uh, even if there's not a field goal, I mean, this could easily be a game that, that finishes like 21, 14. <laughs> so uh, a lot of ways this goes under, under 42 there in Washington and Atlanta. 1 PM Seattle and Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow again has mentioned, you know, maybe kind of getting it back a little bit last week. Uh, a lingering calf issue. Of course, Seattle pretty solid. Honestly, these two teams are pretty even. I, model has Seattle a little bit better. It's really rounding error, the difference between these two teams. Uh, Seattle may be a little bit better. Cincinnati at home. Pretty coin toss game. Hey, this is just a classic coin toss. Plus 135. Model says it's B grade value. It needs to get to plus 165 for an A grade. So we're not really sniffing A grade territory. But that doesn't mean we only play the A grades. We look through these. We try to find other good plays beyond the a grades and this is one of those that we like just another one of those plus odds who the heck knows type games and seattle's been pretty good to us i feel like this year let's see if they can do it again right yeah i mean we've loved seattle all all year really and they've really just had the one bad game to start off against the rams but that i don't know if that's necessarily a bad game because i think the rams are a lot better than most people expected Mm with the puka nuka showing up and uh Cooper Cup. Did you back. say Puka Nuka? Yeah, because I like that better. It rhymes. I know it's not his real name, but that's just, All that's right, just fair, I like fair. that better. Uh, that's like a that's like a like a like girlfriend nickname almost. You know, like it's yeah, a little like yeah. a little uh, teddy bear. You know. almost <laughs> Maybe uh, no, but he is he's very good. But the ability yeah. that Seattle has to run the ball and mm. Geno Smith to not make dumb plays mm. is. Very underrated. That means a lot in today's NFL. There's a lot of quarterbacks who have some talent, but just make a lot of dumb plays. Yeah, I mean they've got guys all over the field. Like Noah, everybody forgot about Noah Fant, including me, mm-hmm. being on this team, and he is having a great year. Uh, then you've got, of course, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and JSN, uh, just being very, very good weapons everywhere. And I mean, even the backup running back was uh, Zach Charbonnet. They're just a very good one-two punch, and I think he graded out. He graded out. I think last year in the college models, the best running back in college. I mean, he, I was really oh, yeah. him coming out. Yeah, he's really good. He was he was incredible, and uh, I think they're just going to be able to run the ball all through Cincinnati. Keep Joe Burrow on the sideline. I don't think it's going to matter that much. I'm not sure if T. Higgins is going to be back or not. I can't. I think he's uh, questionable. Yeah. yeah, it's just that that offense was was really last week was Jamar Chase. Pete Carroll is a great defensive mind. He's got a pretty decent defense. I think he'll easily scheme a way to keep Jamar Chase from having 900 catches and 3,000 yards against him and make somebody else step up. And I just don't know if Cincinnati's got those guys right now. Seattle without an offensive tackle, uh, another one questionable. They've had a makeshift offensive line all season, though. Like, even from like, it's like week two. 
and uh, didn't matter and got that win against the Lions, which is looking more impressive by the week as the Lions mm-hmm. continue to climb up my power ratings and everyone else's uh, with their impressive plays. So it's one of those things where it's like, if this was a new thing, I'd be a little more concerned. But I mean, they've been questionable on the offensive line. And I don't mean questionable from a st- I mean, questionables. And they've had a bunch of guys out over different time periods and it, it's been very makeshift for them. And uh, I mean, Pete Carroll's figured it out. I mean, kudos to him. Kudos to him for reinventing himself as a head coach uh, after the failed Patriots experience, you know, uh, and, and then from then on, from what he did at USC and then out Seattle, just becoming one of the best coaches of, of all time. Uh, always, you know, getting more out of this team than you think. Cause you look at this team and you're like, how are they any good? And it's like, but they are right. And they've, well, they've been good to us uh, this year for sure. I mean, Everybody wrote Geno Smith off for dead mm-hmm. with the yep. New York Jets, and he's—I yep. mean, he's not a superstar, but he's doing very well. It's—I wouldn't even call him a game manager. I think he does more to help that team than he doesn't. Yep. It's—I've got him wild. as the third as the thirteenth ranked quarterback right now, and there's a big gap, a big jumble of all that between you know, because about your know, ten to twenty is kind of all close, but got him at thirteen right now. I mean, that's pretty good. He's—he's he's hopped over. I project him right now better than a bunch of guys who people would might be surprised about who've struggled so far. A guy like Dak Prescott being one of them, you know? And so there's, there's, you could do a lot worse at quarterback than Geno Smith. And like you said, people wrote him off for, for dead. So we can Seattle here plus 135, pretty good little value pick on the dog. Jake, game, we are not touching the dog. Carolina at Miami. Um, I, part of this is Bryce Young is terrible. Right now. And again, I mentioned this before. And I want to say it every week because I don't want to, I don't want, you know, I'm not famous enough to get screen quarter than whatever. I, he might be a good quarterback one day. I, I want to make sure I say that I'm clear on that, right? That the record reflects that. He's not good right now. That's okay. He's a rookie quarterback, right? What CJ Stroud's doing for Houston is incredible. The fact that he's played so well, like, and not every quarterback does that, right? Some quarterbacks come in the league hot right away and some don't. That's not necessarily overall predictive, right? Bryce Young might be a good quarterback one day in the NFL. He's terrible now. Here's the thing. As, as much as an upgrade as it would be to put Andy Dalton in, they go from 32nd to 30th if you plug Andy Dalton in because the rest of the team is just that bad. They are one of the worst defenses in football. Um, I'm not sure overall how bad they are on defense as much as like they're always on the field, so they always have constant opportunities to screw up. Like, like the best offense is a good defense and the best defense is a good offense, right? Like the best defenses are also like not on the field a lot. And so like they can come out there and they can be really focused and give everything they got in every play. Carolina's defense is like always in the field because their offense is so terrible, right? It's just a disaster going up against Miami. It just, this feels like, like if, if you enjoy watching this game, like you kind of like, have like a little sadistic fetish or something, right? Like this is not going to be good, good entertaining football. Almost surely. Now I say that of course, anything can happen in sports, right? Weird things happen. Sports are weird. Humans are weird, right? But my goodness, the probability that Carolina can hang in this game and keep it competitive is really, really low. Models is on average. The Dolphins win by 19 points. We're going to lay the 13.5. It's a big number. I'd rather lay 13, but uh, the hook is there, but also like, Carolina just does a good job of losing by a lot and feeling like they're in it. And then again, the defense just wears down. It's not overall that they're so bad. They just contain at some point by the end of the game, they're just giving up points. And like, I know the a chance out for Miami, but like, does it really matter with that offense? Like they're going to find weapons and they're going to be scoring left and right. I don't think Miami puts up 70. Wouldn't shock me if they got to 40 or 50 though. Like, I'm not saying they get to 50 or 40 or 50, but like that wouldn't shock me. Like with this offense against this defense, especially if Carolina is three and outing a lot, this Miami defense is pretty good. 
And if Carolina doesn't get, the, get it going and their defense is on the field the whole game with the speed Miami has, their weapons they can rotate in and out, it, there should be a lot of big plays for Miami. That's what that's the recipe you need to cover a big number like this, right? Oh, totally. It's unreal. Like if you were to ask me, tell me that, okay, Miami puts up 70 points a game this se- in, in a single game this season, this is the game I would have picked just yeah. because like their defense is on the same level as bad as Denver, but the offense is so much worse. And yeah. part of the problem is, the weapons aren't there to help Bryce Young, but Bryce Young is also the game's a little faster than he's wanting to play. And there's a lot of short fields for the defense to try to recover. Yeah. And that, I mean, that would spell to me Miami scoring a lot of points. That's kind of what I think happens. I don't think they get to 70, but there's no way anybody on that team's going to be able to chase around Tyreek Hill all day. And then mm-hmm. add on top of that, Waddle and Mozart—they're able to just run. Mozart's still fast because, too. It's like people—people people yeah. are so caught up in how fast Achan is that they forget that Mozart's like also kind of fast. Like yeah. he's also a pretty good weapon himself. It, it's unreal. And then they bring in—it just feels like Chase Claypool is going to redeem himself for a year or something <laughs> here in Miami and just be a big red zone target. I mean, it's—I don't—it's who Carolina. I'm sorry for anybody that is a fan because this is just mm-hmm. going to be painful. Mm-hmm. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel yet. It might be two or three years. Mm-hmm. Like the 76ers trust the process, I guess. Mm, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Miami is not the team that you want to see right now. And and I don't remember the guy's name, but whoever it is that the Dolphins are bringing back on the off the IR is a running back to kind of like uh, Jeff, I, think it's, I think it's Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean, he I know he Wilson. was the guy who was supposed to be the backup to start with. I'm not saying he's better than HN is. Obviously, he's been incredible as a rookie. But my point in saying this is just that the coaching staff, what they saw in the practices leading up to the season, were high on higher on this guy than HN. And obviously, that doesn't, again, we're surprised by rookies all the time, right? So, I'm, again, I'm not trying to say anything that's between, I'm not, don't read between the lines. All I'm saying is he's not bad or else they wouldn't have had him as the backup to start with. So uh, do I think he's probably going to be a little bit of a step back from HM? Probably because what he did was just unbelievably incredible, but it's not like the backup running back is now like they put me or you in there, right? Like it's kind of, it's a pretty decent backup. Mozart's good. They have so many weapons everywhere you turn. It seems like, and again, a lot of it's going to be the short fields. And that's what's gotten Carolina in their defense. Like I said, watching them, it's not that I think they're bad. It's like they play okay. It's just they're always in the field, so they're always giving up points. And it's like you, you can't – you know, you can make – if you make a mistake in 10% of your plays, but you're out there for, you know, an extra 10 or 20 plays, that's really going to add up, and that's what's happening to Carolina. There's always in the field. It's always short fields, et cetera. This team is just terrible. Again, if you're a Panthers fan, I'm sorry. Uh, but I, you know, there's just not a lot to be excited about. We think Miami runs away. As always, remember throughout all this, no locks and gambling, but Miami to win big seems much more likely than Miami to win close or accidentally lose. Model does say uh, that there is a, I believe I saw 9% chance that Carolina wins. That's a little high in my opinion, but you know, uh, whatever. Uh, weird, weird things do sometimes happen. So uh, I just, I would I wouldn't be betting any money that Carolina wins uh, <laughs> unless you gave me like on, you know, 10,000 to one or something ridiculous. Um, yeah. To the late afternoon slot, Philadelphia at the jets high on this Eagles team. Still have them up as one of the top teams uh, in football. The jets improved on offense. Maybe we talked about that last week. They did look better. Gets the Patriots in that fourth quarter when they decided to stop just 
handing it off every down. They looked better parlaying that into a game playing against Chiefs. The Chiefs defense isn't great. They looked better against the Broncos. Broncos defense isn't good. Now we get a little bit of a test. The Eagles defense grades out efficiency-wise much better than average. They play so fast that they give up some points. But on a per-play basis, this Eagles defense is good. So a little bit more of a stiffer test for this new Jets offense. What helps is the fact that Brees Hall is not on the pitch count. He's been a much better back uh, than Cook was for him. We saw that this last week, how they really let him go. Jets offense trending in the right direction. Really good defense. Jake, look at this battle of two paces, though. Yeah. Eagles, fastest team in football, most explosive team projected. Um, Jets, number 32. The Jets are actually slower than the Eagles are fast. The other thing that I'll comment about this is because Jared and I were talking about this yesterday with pace, a lot of times the fast team can speed up the slower team because the faster team has a weaker defense. And you can't, as an offense, decide, like, I'm going to not score now. You're going to go score. You can't keep it slow if the defense is giving it to you. Here's the difference, though. The Eagles are the rare fast team that isn't bad on defense. So they aren't going to be really speeding up the Jets because if the Jets score, it doesn't seem like it's going to be like you score on the Broncos. The Broncos are the fast team that their defense is bad and they're going to speed you up. The Eagles will have a really good defense. We're projecting 38 points in this one. And the other thing to keep in mind is that we've got some potential wind and rain issues in New York for this week. We're a long ways away, but looking at it now, early projections would indicate that that could cause a little bit of an issue. Jake, we're going to go under 41 and a half, 41. One of the most key numbers in football. So being on the right side of that matters. What's your take? Yeah. The Jets game plan is going to be to keep it slow, hand the ball off, eat clock. Because that's the only only way they have a chance of winning is if this stays close and they pull it out at the end. Uh, Philadelphia is just so much better at every level uh, on offense for sure. Defense, like the Jets have a great defense, mm-hmm. but they don't score points for them. And – the weaker part of Philadelphia's defense is their secondary, and that is the weak part of uh, the Jets' offense. They like Zach Wilson, just not going to get it done. Uh, I feel sorry for Garrett Wilson because he's an absolute stud of a player, but just not getting not getting to show it off yet. He he had such he had to be so excited coming into the year having Aaron Rodgers okay. going, and it's just it's just not happening. I mean, but their running backs are solid. I mean, Bruce Hall looks fantastic. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook is decent enough. He, um, he's, but I think he's competent enough as a backup. When they were trying to give him number one carries, that was a problem, and that's where it matters that now Bruce Hall can can run wild. He's good. He, he seems to break one off, it seems like, every game. Now, he doesn't necessarily break it all the way because I feel like he's been tackled at the 10 in a lot of these, but he seems to get a good chunk, you know, 50, 60 yarder, you know, once yeah. a game. Yeah, I don't see that happening on, on this defense. I mean, Jordan or if he Davis, does, he probably gets tackled at the 10, they get elbow field goal. Yeah, Jordan Davis in the middle really stops a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> and so it's just the this would be so much better. Like a team like the Broncos has a much better chance of getting more points in that game because they're not just their defense, but their offense is good enough to attack where Philadelphia is weak. The Jets don't have that. I think this is this game is going to be like. 35 to nothing, 38 to nothing, something like that. Just, oh, wow. I just what a call. I just don't, 
I just don't know that the Jets can score on on the Eagles with the way they're playing right now. Model projects twenty two sixteen. Um, either way, we're, we're you know we're high on the Eagles. I think the spread seven, so we're right around the market uh, on that one. Um, this game to me feels a lot like the opening night game that the Jets played against the Bills especially because of the fact that Aaron Rodgers, you know, didn't really have his, you know, his fingerprints on that game. There's a little bit of a difference in that, that I will acknowledge that Zach Wilson, you know, has um, been practicing with the number ones, has looked more competent, wasn't just thrown into the fire, et cetera. So that matters. But otherwise though, it's a pretty similar situation in that while they have more confident in Zach Wilson uh, today, than they did then. Number one, I still have him as the 29th best quarterback. He's still not great. And and second, the game plan that they used against the Bills, once that happened, was kind of like you said, we've got to slow this game down because if we get to a track meet with Buffalo, they're going to destroy us. And that has to be the same thought with the Eagles. If you get to a track meet with them, with the fact that their defense can get quick stops and force three and outs and their offense is so dang good. The Jets just don't have the horses to keep up. We know that they know that, and that should help us keep this total uh, a little bit lower. The other question again, how good is Zach Wilson? Like I said, a much tougher challenge against the Seagulls defense than the last two that he faced. I do think he's improved. But that doesn't mean I think he's now good enough to handle a defense um, like the Eagles. So we're expecting under 41 and a half points, which takes us to uh, Sunday night. Speaking of those aforementioned bills and the same kind of game plan, we're going to go under. And this one model projects 42. We're going to go under 44.5. You'd like 45, but under 44 and a half is still a good investment here. 44 is actually more common than 45. Uh, Jake, I like this one for a few reasons. Number one, uh, the Bills might be a little bit, I don't want to say hungover, but a little bit jet-lagged, I guess is the word I should use when come back from London. We saw it a little bit with the Falcons, a little bit sluggish there. How much that was just the Falcons? The Falcons, I'm not really sure. Uh, but Buffalo didn't really look the sharpest in London. I don't really think undoing that trip is going to be magically better for them. Number two, I like this under because the Giants are involved. And that's just really it right there. But also the Bills, I think their defense is really underrated. They do have some injuries, obviously. And those injuries matter i don't think it matters this week i think it's more gonna matter in other weeks uh because they still have enough depth and we saw the injury the the next man up mentality that 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 happened in london for them still played really well in that game and all those guys all have a week uh you know practice their defense takes a little bit of hit there it's still a good defense and it's still a, a a defense that should have plenty of uh success against this giants uh team that has to have the same mentality that the other new york team we talked about uh, has to have, which has got to be, you can't get into a track meet with this team because it will not end well. Um, even the Dolphins tried to get into a track meet with the Bills, and that didn't end well. So from a game plan perspective, uh, the Giants being involved, the travel, there's a lot of reasons to think that this number, this total should be 43 and a half on the other side of that key number. So this is one of those run, don't walk, even though it's Sunday night, let's go ahead and just lock this in, get that money earmark it, put it aside. Uh, for that game, go ahead and lock your ticket in. The other thing is that the weather in this one, we're a little bit more confident is going to cause problems. The weather in New York, the wind could be more end zone to end zone, which doesn't seem to affect games quite as much. The reason for that is um, it's it's not 
overly difficult to pass with the wind. It doesn't really hurt you any, unless it's like 40, 50 mile an hour. That's different, right? Um, the downside of passing into the wind is also the downside of punting into the wind, which actually helps the other team. So in two quarters, the team that has the wind is really helped. So it doesn't really do much to total because uh, you tend to have short fields and that team scores. It just kind of tilts the field literally in one direction or the other. This wind, again, it's early, but it does look like it's going to be more side to side and that can wreak havoc on a passing game. It can make these teams a little bit one dimensional. There's just a lot of ways this game goes under. The Giants don't really want to play fast anyway. I mean, it's just, I just feel like I can just list them off. It's like, 10 different ways I could see this game going under. It's really hard to see it being a high-scoring game unless a lot of things change, including Daniel Jones suddenly being a prolific passer um, or, you know, the Bills, you know, in the wind and in the elements just being like, we're going to score 50. And I guess that's the way it loses, but as long as the Bills don't score 50, like, you got to feel good about under 44 and a half here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that the Giants have an offensive game plan that will be successful this year they had one half they showed up and i mean jones is questionable now i mean tyron taylor's the backup he hasn't beat hasn't beat anybody out for a job in a long time uh the receivers he's got whoever's quarterback's got almost nobody to throw to besides darren waller um bill's defense easy can easy enough to stop that that I mean, Barkley, even if he's back, is, isn't going to be at full strength. That line is so bad that God bless whoever's behind it because that's just not fair. Uh, it's just – and the defense is rough partially because they're on the field all the time and partially because they're just not very good. Yeah, uh, pass blocking number 32 in the league, according to the model, run blocking 27. Like you said, not a good line. It's just not going well. Uh, and, I mean, they're beat up, too. I mean, they tried to do the tush-push play and got their guy hurt. Like, it's it's just a comedy of errors and, and for New York in general for football. But I don't see the Bills at putting up 50. That's really the only way this goes over because yeah. blowouts and overs don't go well together. You need two teams scoring, and I'm not sure the Giants know what the end zone looks like. Nice little jab there. Um, yeah, it's not to say that a blowout can't happen with an over, but like I said, it's tough. It's really tough. It's going to take, you know, the Bills getting to, to 40 plus by themselves. And even if they get to 42, they could easily win this game 42 to zip, right? Or, or, or 41 to three, we can still get it. So um, it, it, it's unlikely um, that the Bills do it themselves. And, and if they don't, uh, we like our chances here. I, I think Barkley's still probably out you know, with an ankle, they're saying, you know, they were saying the whole time mid-October, but, you know, like you said, he won't be full strength if he comes back. And why would you rush him back for, I don't say rush, why would you bring him back uh, for this game against the Bills if there's any doubt that he's not 100% because it's not like you're, you know, thinking you're going to win this game. So um, not really much of an incentive, I think, for them to uh, uh, bring him back, you know, at this point against a really good Bills team. Um probably going to be ugly weather might be ugly lots of reasons this goes under 44 and a half again i think this is really mispriced i think i think it should be 43 and a half right now and i think if the weather turns out to be as bad as we think i can see this total dropping throughout the week and one of those where it might even close more like 40 and a half uh which is probably more close to where it should be so i do think this one drops based off the weather i think some of the ones drop because the weather too there's a lot of weather on the country i'm just not sure the weather's gonna affect some of the other games but all that information's over on uh with us on dub club i've been i text out to the discord 
all the weather rundowns about where the wind's going to be side to side, end zone to end zone cross, what we're keeping an eye on. And we'll be having those updates. So we'll be constantly checking the weather. Uh, so again, the, the most, the, the best way to be a really informed better, join us on Dub Club. That link's in the show description. Um, and that's our recap there. We're going to cover the rest of the games in the after show, the extended cut. Study study hall, whatever the heck we're calling it. We got like five names for it uh, after the music. Otherwise, though, before the music, Jake, parting words. No, I'm, I'm just so glad that I am sitting on top of our fantasy league, just mm. dominating yep. it from start to finish. Just, I need a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, I have nothing to say to that. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the music on that one.